It's been almost two decades since we started our journey to educate and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future. Our goal is to help you accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you to set your financial goals and guide you along the way. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. Yeah, podcast time once again. Ah, exciting, exciting stuff. Good stuff, too. We got a lot of topics to talk about. We cover things that have to do with financial planning. Really, the title, of course, Managing Your Financial Future, but it's all about planning. And planning involves managing not just your financial present, which is important, but you don't run out of money before you run out of time. And that's what we try to work on here, give you some ideas, give you some knowledge, and we try to be entertaining along the way. I'm Johnny Dean. <laughs> host and uh, moderator, Professor Plum, our planner. And I got to say, we are entertaining off the air. We really are. <laughs> off the air. <laughs> I don't know about on the I try. I say we try to be entertaining on the air. I know this a lot of this stuff, the, these topics can be a little bit heavy. In fact, today's topic, which has to do, we talked last week about uh, Social Security survivor benefits. I hope you happen to listen to it because what happens when a you have two social security benefits um throughout your lives as a married couple and one of them dies you lose one of those social security benefits and people usually the lower one you well yeah and people say well but i get a survivor benefit and well your survivor benefit is that you get to keep the higher the higher of the two you get a survivor benefit only if you are eligible, yeah. and that means that only if it is higher than what you're already receiving. Correct. And uh, in the event that you're both making about the same Social Security benefits, you could be losing as much as almost half of your Social Security uh, benefits when somebody dies. So we talked about that aspects of planning last time. And this time we had somebody um, somewhere, I, I think they were in Texas, but I'm not sure, uh, ask us if we would cover this particular topic. And it it dovetails from our previous topic, which was Social Security survivor benefits. This is just survivor planning. And as we've said before, if you're a married couple and you your marriage survives till the first one does not, uh, somebody is going to be left alone. And you got to know what to do when this is going to happen? How are you going to take care of yourself financially? It may seem like this isn't going to happen. You may be both healthy, but of course, you know, trucks jump out of nowhere sometimes. Things happen and you don't know what to do. So, Professor Plum, you might agree with this, but you can tell me, do you agree that the first thing is to, to have is a plan before anybody dies? Well, I obviously very much agree with the planning aspect of it. The question is, are you going to be reactionary or are you going to know what's going to happen going forward? Unfortunately, a lot of people do not do any kind of planning, especially for survivor. Heck, they barely, they barely do any planning for retirement. And, and then when somebody passes away, they have no idea what to expect. And so they're dealing with an incredible emotional loss. And they're also very anxious, scared, shall we say, of what's going to happen financially. And a lot of times we see that the person that survives is the one who was not handling the money. Uh, it's just unfortunately what we've experienced over the years. And so, yes, I think having a plan of action, and even though in couples there's one person who tends to handle the money and the other one tends to not really pay that much of attention to it, Yep. the, the one that's not paying that much attention to it still needs to know that there's a plan of action in place so that they, they don't have to 
panic about where the check's coming from when somebody passes away. Well, and, that and we're in that situation. I, I hear you say that, and my wife and I are in that same situation. I mean, I'm the I'm the financial one, and she's the one who empties the 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 litter box for the cat. So if something happened to me, she wouldn't know how to pay the bills. If something happened to her, I wouldn't know how to empty the litter box. But <laughs> from the financial standpoint, uh, that's probably a lot more important because I could ult- ultimately figure it out by maybe you know ha- having the cat adopted. I'm kidding. No, I could figure that out. But the, the finances, I mean, heck, this never even occurred to me until fairly recently that if something happened to me today or tomorrow and my wife had to pay the bills at the end of the month, she wouldn't even know how to get on uh, line to 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 do it. And well, we went through the same idea uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, my wife, one of my wife's really good friends, her dad passed away and she was the successor trustee and the executor. And my wife watched everything she was going through trying to settle her dad's estate. And he had it. He had a trust. He had everything in place. And it was still a pain. Sure. And it was still yeah. there was family infighting and things of that nature. Uh, and it brought up the idea. And then I went through a little thing where I had a little accident. And you know, I wasn't close to death or anything, but it, <laughs> it brings up ideas. And it's like, what happens? And so, and I at that point we started looking at our own finances. And I paid a lot of the bills online. And I, she didn't have, you know, it's not. She didn't know where to look for them, and I, I she knows I have life insurance on me, and I re- realized. But where? Heck, I don't remember the name of the company. <laughs> exactly. I, and how I would like, I get the check? You have to notify them, and and so I, I mean, can you even keep the lights on? And we made a list of all the accounts. We made a list of all the uh, assets, a list of all the insurances with policy numbers and. Uh, insurance companies so we know where they are in case somebody something happens we did it for both of us in case you know unfortunately we're on a plane and the plane goes down our kids know where the things are yeah. so they can try to settle the estate yeah um, so when you it, talk it, about all taking, of this comes into planning yeah when you take talk about taking care of things before anyone dies that is probably the would you say that's one of the first things you should do if not the first thing make sure everybody's on the same page and then if something happens the next person can jump in in fairly short order and take care of things because somebody and, and as i said having having that plan having it in the old days we would just wait in the mail for a statement to come and for would, the bank account, the brokerage yep. account, whatever. Now they don't come to the mail most of the time. They go online. Unless you yeah. have that person's online access you know, to their email and things, you're never going to know what accounts are actually out there. Yeah, it was, so a, need- it was a matter of going to the file cabinet sometimes and reaching in and finding it or waiting, as you said, until the st- next statement came in the mail, open it up. Oh, the light bill is due. Oh, here's the here's the life insurance uh, uh, you know, premium or whatever. Um all right, so you, you you should at least take care of that first. Now, something else that uh, maybe somebody should know uh, is is there enough cash available to live on while you know things are crazy? And usually, when somebody dies, a spouse, things are crazy for a while. Things do get crazy, and there are bills. You, I mean, there's usually some medical bills that have to be paid, although they can maybe be pushed off for a little while. But a lot of times, what happens are, especially if you've got a couple, they're getting their social security benefits and they're getting a distribution. Uh, from an IRA. Maybe it's uh, the only IRA was the one worker, the more traditional worker, and that's the person who passed away. Well, as soon as that IRA company knows that that individual's passed away, they shut down the distribution. It's no longer going to continue until such time as we can get that IRA over to the, hopefully the surviving spouse as beneficiary. But we can't do that right away because we have to wait for a, a, a death certificate to be able to you know move the money over. So how does the spouse continue to make you know, 
pay the bills. You need to have an account, a joint account with enough cash in it to buy some time to be able to let the dust settle and get things moved into the right places for that surviving spouse. So this is all part of the planning process. What happens? Where is the money going to come from? How much income is going to continue? Continue. You know, when somebody passes away, you're supposed to call Social Security so they don't keep sending you checks because once they do find out that that individual has passed, anything that was paid after they were they were they're gone, Social Security is going to take it back. And so that not only cuts your income, it takes some income away that you thought you had. So, you know, you've got to go through the process. But I think the most important thing, once you've sat down, you know where the assets are ahead of time. You know what to expect with the income and where the income is going to be coming from. This is all part of the planning process. Here's what you guys are going to have while you're both alive. And here's what it's going to look like, what happens if somebody passes away. So you know that you're going to be okay. Now the first thing, when somebody passes away, a lot of people, their first reaction is, I got to call my financial advisor and tell them. They're, they're, to be honest, they should not be the first people you call. Family, friends, dealing with the emotional trauma of it is the first thing you have to deal with. That financial advisor generally can't do very much until such time as there's a death certificate, which takes several weeks, to be able to start making any difference. So as long as you have enough income, mm-hmm. uh, assets on your own name, and, and things of that nature, you don't have to jump into making changes. And realistically, you shouldn't need to be jumping into making lots of changes just because somebody passed away. You know, if you've got two retired people who cha- transitioning to one surviving retired person shouldn't be a wholesale change of assets. Yeah, it should just be some minor adjustments going forward. And and, and it can be tough to keep your head in in situations like that. It's I, very I, hard. I know. And, and a lot of people do it just to try to keep themselves busy so they don't have to think about what's going on. But I'm sure you've seen this. You've seen that uh, people, because people do die, and you, you've experienced this many times with, with clients and, and, and others, where they're getting cold calls from you know, salespeople <laughs> well, who go searching way back for- back in the day, you know, life insurance companies will buy lists from obituaries of people who've passed away and had certain net worths. And they give them to their new uh, agents to cold call and try to make clients because, you know, they know these people just received life insurance settlements or are going to receive life insurance settlements. And so they've got some potential free money to invest. Yeah. And so you're going to get cold called to death in many cases. And and would you agree the best advice is do, as you kind of just said it, do nothing initially. Don't change anything because what needs what would need to be changed anyway within the first few months of a death. Does anything have to happen right away? Uh, well, it depends on where we're getting the income from. If, if, if it's in my household and we're getting the, you know, the supplemental income from my, my IRA and that income stopped, well, they, we need to be able to find a place to pick up that income until such time as uh, we can get that IRA turned into my wife's IRA when, because of my death. Uh, so there is some time. So we do, that's where we want to have enough money in the surviving spouse's name. And since we don't know which one's going to be the surviving spouse, we need to have enough money mm-hmm. in both individuals' names so that, that there's a stopgap so we can make sure that we have enough time to be able to transfer the assets and get that income distribution restarted from the uh, from the IRAs because that's where a lot of people have their money. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I think there are some people who put decide they're going to move their deceased spouse's IRA into their own name, which may or may not be a good idea, right? Now, we've been talking about retirees, but when it comes to people who are not of retirement age, 
just automatically moving the 401k IRA into the surviving spouse's name may not be the best thing. It may be nice and convenient and easy, but if we need to access, if that surviving spouse needs to access that money before they're 59 and a half, moving it into their own name causes problems because now you know, the surviving spouse has the option of taking that money and putting it into their, as a, as a named beneficiary, has, can put it into their own IRA. If they don't have one, they can create an IRA and put it in. And it's as if it was their IRA from day one. But because it's their IRA now, they're subject to the age 59 and a half premature distribution penalty rules. Yeah. That the idea that the dish, the death gets us away from the 10% penalty, that's a true issue if it's coming from that deceased's IRA. But what if you know the deceased had a million dollar IRA and I need sixty thousand dollars a year from it? Yeah. And I'm not 59 and a half as a surviving spouse. Well, I can't roll it all into my name because then I can't get the money out of it without a penalty. And I don't want to take all million dollars in a lump sum. So there are you have to leave it as a beneficiary beneficiary IRA until the spouse gets old enough to, you know, access it without the penalty. Now, what does somebody do in the event? Well, I mean, Social Security benefits. I mean, somebody's got to notify Social Security that, you know, somebody has yes, died. Yes, that person the, passed away. And, and, and if you had a pension, uh, the, the deceased person had a pension, I would imagine you've got to notify them if you're getting monthly uh, pension payments or whatever it is that, that you, right. you would need to notify them. I mean, it's them. important because they're going to want, if, the, if, if there is a reduction in the pension, we know there's going to be a potential reduction in the Social Security and if you don't notify them and then you notify them six, eight, 10 months later and there's a, a difference, they're going to want that money back. And so that Social Security will just stop paying you your own until such time that you've paid back what was supposed to be there. Um, and so, yes, you need to talk to the Social Security Administration fairly soon. I mean, it doesn't have to be the day of, but you know, fairly soon to let them know that the individual passed and what you're going to do, whether you're going to uh, apply for the, spou- the survivor benefit at that time or you're going to continue your own and and wait until your full retirement age to get the spousal. So that's part of the planning process. You should know these things in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, with pensions, it depends a little bit on which pension option was selected. Was it life only? Was it a less than full 100% joint survivor option? In those cases, you're going to want to let them know pretty quick because, like I said before, otherwise they're going to want that money back. You're going to have to dig in your pocket and give it back to them anyway. What's if the- it's a 100% joint survivor, you know, it's going to be the same number anyway, so you. Can so what's the and the, def- the, the default is 100% joint and survivor. I'm I'm trying to remember what's the default. Well, the legal default is it has to offer for a married couple at least 50% joint survivor. So if you don't do anything, if if you if you just let it default, you're you're, you're well. That the decision was made at retirement. So if we're already receiving the pension, the decision on what the survivor benefit is off that pension has already been made. Yeah. Okay. So if you're if you are 100% joint and survivor, meaning that. It doesn't matter. The, the the same payment continues to the survivor no matter who goes first. Uh, Correct. Then maybe you're okay. But if if there is a 50% joint and survivor, whatever it is, however you had it set up, or maybe you had it, you know, term certain and you're past that, or you're you're you had life only or whatever it was. Um, you said yeah, they will want to let them know in the first couple of weeks. They will yeah. ask for their money back. I can't imagine that. I just if if you're a spouse that never handled money. And and just it's foreign to you. What you would do, 
um, and, and this is, I guess, why we're talking about this kind of thing, which this not is why you need a plan ahead of time. Yeah, not to be self-serving, but this is where I think a financial consultant, a financial advisor, just just getting the advice from somebody, paying them for some of their advice, some of their time could be just absolutely invaluable so that you could maybe call them a few weeks afterwards, um, whatever the time is, and say, here's what happened. I am totally lost. Can you please help me sort this out? Because you've done that, Professor Plum, right? Well, we've done it ahead of time before somebody's passed away and straightened people out. And we've done it after somebody's passed away, which is much harder because you have fewer options and Mm -hmm. it's also a very emotional time. Well, but if you've done it ahead of time, it's sometimes just a matter of, okay, listen, we lost my spouse three weeks ago, whatever the period of time was. Um, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Can you please just meet with me and tell me everything I need to do? Uh, Right. But I've also dealt with people who were the main uh, money people of the couple. And they're pretty good. They, they've got a they've got a pretty good plan in place and everything. And they come in and create a relationship with an advisor like us, and be, for the sole purpose of introducing their spouse to the relationship, so that the spouse has a relationship with somebody going forward. So if they pass away, if the if the the one that does the work pass away, they already have that relationship in place, and it's not a brand new relationship that they're trying to establish at a very emotional time. And I've had this happen several times where uh, I know I I started working with a gentleman who was 64 years old, doing very well, made very good decisions, had a pretty good plan in place, but we started talking about different things and we put a plan and, you know, this, that, and we talked and uh, he would bring his wife in. Uh, She didn't really care too much about the plan that we were talking about. And two years later, that gentleman died at 66. Wow. And now she is in charge of everything. And, it was a lot easier for her to transition into that survivor style, uh, survivor lifestyle, because she knew that the plan was in place, and she knew that somebody knew the plan, yeah. and she knew that she was going to be okay, and she had that relationship, so she wasn't worried about that part of life, while the rest of life was upended, tr- you know, dramatically. At least this portion of her life was not upended. Yeah, and, uh, and and I suppose you're the surviving spouse now, and you have that taken care of. Uh, it's it's a good idea to continue that relationship because ultimately you're going to want, when you're gone, when you eventually die, you're going to want those assets to go somewhere, whether it's heirs or whether it's a charity or just something. So you still need well, to be in, aware of in, what's in talking happening. About, in talking about that particular issue, uh, that surviving spouse is now mid-80s, and we're working with her sons to help her out and the, creating the relationship with the sons so that they know what to expect and where the money is and how to help mom. And then what's going to happen when mom passes away with the assets uh, goes into beneficiary planning and all the other stuff. Yeah. It's, so, it's, yes, it's a exactly really good what idea. you were talking about. If, if they left uh, life insurance plans in place for their heirs, maybe, or if they had, uh, Again, just just know what 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 they have. It's probably not a great idea if you have heirs or whatever to not include them in some form of the plan. I would assume. Well, especially when you get into your older ages, uh, it just it can have have a lot of help mentally, uh, emotionally, 
to know that there's somebody else besides yourself, you know, knowing what the plan is and understanding what the plan is and another set of eyes just looking at everything. Um, sure. Just, and, and a younger, a very emotional help. If I may say a younger mind or brain. Um, yeah. In this case, younger I, is well, in their fifties. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. And I don't mean that to sound flip, but, but if, I, I imagine you've seen this where you know, people who do get into their upper eighties and nineties and, so forth don't necessarily have the same understanding that they may have had. Uh, it's it's always good to have somebody there who's got a little bit maybe clearer vision, potentially. But it, and, and potentially is right because there have been. I, I was working with this one individual who was uh, ninety eight years old, and they are sharper than the sharpest stack out. Well, there. there you go, and and they have people who are seventy who just are absolutely clueless. Yeah, I mean, yeah. kids of theirs. They're worried about what's going to happen with their money when their kids get it because exactly those young whippersnappers at seventy just don't have a clue. I don't want listen to what are they listening to these days? Those seventy year olds. Oh, in my day. Anyway, uh, this is important stuff. Now, now, Professor, as far as estate planning goes, uh, you, you don't really handle the actual estate planning portion. Well, we're not attorneys, so we cannot do any estate planning. We cannot offer yeah. any legal advice, but we can help you understand terminology, what happens and how things work uh, in a broad sense. And so you can get a feel for what should or should not be uh discussed. Yeah, and, um, you, you can you can talk about things like beneficiary designations, oh, yes. trust documents, will documents, transfer on death, PODs, all that other stuff. You could at least talk about how these are things are integrated into the legal process and then you have somebody who can, who does know the law that can take care of that. Yeah, you have to have um, either you you can do your own will and trust, but you or you have to have an attorney do it. Yeah. Um, I would say you want an attorney to do it. <laughs> well, it's probably a good recommendation because things happen, and, and if, if you do it incorrectly, it can often be rather costly. Well, if you want to talk about stuff like this, and it isn't <laughs> always pleasant, but this is part of planning. This is part of planning. Uh, do you ever run into people who just don't want to talk about it? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, there's two, there's two classes of people who don't want to talk about it, people that don't want to talk about it, so I won't ever talk to them because they don't want to talk to us. And there's people who don't want to talk about it. They just want to get a check and they just want to know they're okay. Um, yeah. So we we still will do the plan for them. We'll still tell them what the plan is. We'll still go through it with them, uh, get their okay. Even if they don't want to deal with it, they still have to know what's going on. And then they sit back and the reviews are, are you? they just want to know, am I still okay? Uh, yeah, you're still okay or, or not, whatever the case may be. Uh, they just want to go. They don't care. They just want to live their life without worrying about money. Well, Some it, people... Yeah. are blessed enough they can do that. Well, that is a good idea, but it, it all comes down to proper planning. And if you'd like to talk more about this, as I was saying, uh, or or discuss your options and, and really get a plan in place, it's a really, really smart idea. Uh, give them a call. Professor Rick Plum is always around. Most of the time he's around, but you can talk to any Lucia Capital Group advisor kind of all over the country. 800-644-1150. If you don't know the number by now, write it down. 800-644-1150. You can also visit our website. Many of you, if not most of you, have already been there. As you're listening to this podcast, it's luciacap.com. L-U-C-I-A. Cap. CAP.com. Uh, give them a call. Talk to them about your strategy. If you don't have a strategy or a plan, at least get some advice. Talk to somebody who says, hey, I've been here before and I know what to expect. It's always good to have somebody who knows what the worst case scenario is. You talked about planning for the worst case scenario and having that worst case scenario 
defended against potentially can always be your often be your best bet and it's better than certainly better than doing nothing 800-644-1150 all right we're out of time uh we appreciate you joining us we got a whole lot more to talk about again if you have any suggestions if you like things that you would like us to address and uh, uh, ideas uh, concepts that are important to you financial planning tips just uh, shoot us an email again luciacap.com for professor rick plum certified financial planner professional i am johnny dean thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you again next time the information provided should not be considered specific tax legal or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances to the extent that this material concerns tax matters it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances you should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision all investments are subject to risk including the loss of principal this material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable however its accuracy cannot be guaranteed These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based upon publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. No client or prospective client should assume that the presentation or any component thereof serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from LCG or from any other investment professional. Examples cited are hypothetical, are for illustrative purposes only, are not guaranteed, and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. The information provided is based on current laws which are subject to change at any time. Lucia Capital Group is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Social Security rules can be complex. For more information about Social Security benefits, visit the SSA website at ssa.gov or call 800-772-1213 to speak with an SSA representative. IRA withdrawals will be taxed at ordinary income rates. Withdrawals prior to age 59 and a half may also be subject to a 10% penalty tax. Insurance product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company and are subject to their terms and conditions. Insurance services offered through LPL Financial or its licensed affiliates. California Insurance License Number 0518721. Rick Plum is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital Group, a separate entity from LPL Financial.